Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of Eastern Current. I'm Billy Thorpe. Uh, I wouldn't say this is Judson Brock sitting in front of me, but for some reason, every time we go live on Facebook, his camera cuts off. So, dude, you're going to have to mess with that a little bit. I'm just going to get to my main Glitch. cam. So, so excited that you guys are joining us. Uh, jumping, People are just jumping on right quick, so appreciate the support. Appreciate you jumping on. Got an exciting show. This is episode eight, Judson. Uh, can still hear you. We'll just wait for your, your What's going on? to jump back on. <laughs> Dude, every time it's some weird glitch. I'm starting to kind of enjoy it, I think, a little bit. I know, man. Something to look it, forward to. It, yeah, it's like, will this work? Dude? No matter what we do. And here's the funny part. I tested this like a hundred times this week, no joke, on a different wet, on a different Facebook page. Didn't test it on our Eastern Current page because I didn't want people to jump on thinking we're going live. And then, lo and behold, I... <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't work. Uh, so we will see if Judson's camera is going to join us again. Let's go back here and see if uh, see if I can get him get him going here. See if we can get him on. This is just uh, the struggle of shooting a live show as opposed to just a normal podcast. Yeah, normal you never know what's going to happen. Normal podcasts are easy. Uh, so, yeah, man, we'll, we'll work on that. We'll continue to work on it. But for everyone watching and viewing, super excited that you've joined us. we got a great show. we got Jot Owens, local legend here in Wilmington, uh, been fishing this area of Wrightsville Beach basically his whole life. I mean, in his whole life, he's been fishing this area. So we're going to be talking about bull reds. We're going to talk about cobia fishing. Uh, just He's brought some goodies with him to show us. So he is in studio with us as we are working on technical stuff. Um, so if you are watching live be sure to uh, be sure to comment because anybody that comments is going to be entered to win at the end of the show we're going to pick a random person to win some afco gear uh or some yeah some afco gear i believe we got some some gear over there uh and then also we'll be giving away our catch of the week which has already been um been chosen so justin what's going on man what's the fishing report look like and you can't see him i'm gonna work on that while he tells us the fishing report and hope that this thing turns out good you can't see me but i can see all of you i just I'm, I'm just kidding i can't so uh the fishing's been pretty good i would say um for everyone across the board this cooler weather has got everybody thinking about fall and i think the fish are thinking the same thing but um red fishing's been really good the top water action for trout and redfish uh for me and a lot of other people I know has been really good. I know the ocean fishing has been great for flounder this past week and um, a bunch of other, a bunch of other uh, good inshore Dude, just, or near shore fishing going on. And just brought, uh, just brought John on early because our camera's malfunctioning. So. What's up, Jot? Welcome to the show, Jot. Sorry we <laughs> couldn't do this more professional, but hey, thank you for being on. So yeah, you go, go ahead, man. Sorry to interrupt you. There. No, you're good. You're good. But yeah, I, I, it's, it's like a little bit of a little spurt of early fall fishing. Um, uh, what, what do you think? How, how do you think the fishing's been the past week or so? I, yeah, I saw a big change when the front came through. Uh, right before the front, it was it was tough. The bait was showing up good, um, but all of a sudden, it's places I hadn't been catching redfish started catching redfish. Yeah. Um, places I've been catching flounder got a little better. Some bigger fish showed up. Some bigger flounder in the last couple weeks have definitely been showing up. I've definitely seen a, an increase in size, especially inshore. Yeah. Um, and turn this tournament this weekend. I mean. A seven pounder this weekend at the post tournament was third yeah, place. That's incredible. So nice fish. Good to see. You know, it's it's that time of year the bait's running, but um, water temperature came down a few degrees and bam, um, fish started to really move around for sure. And a, and a gr more aggressive too. It oh, absolutely like, for sure. Yeah, yeah, there were some there were some days dropping uh, dropping docks um, with with artificials where it was 
it hit the bottom, lift it one time, and get a hook up. Not, yeah, have, not, ha- awesome. not have to finesse them. It, that's it was awesome. Fun. Not have to work with the pinfish because they're beating them there. Yeah, they came right real quick next, but, but yeah, <laughs> it, it, was, it wasn't too bad. I like it. But, yeah, the inshore and nearshore fishing has been good. Um, I think the offshore bite, that, that warmer water temperature is a little blended, you know, with all this warmer weather and – Fishing's still been great out there, but but uh, some guys are some guys are doing great some days, and other guys not as well. But it, it's it's been good all across the board for the most part. Um, but yeah, so so fishing's been great, uh, Billy. I'm gonna bring bring it back to you for dude, the sponsor I, shout out. Dude, I am work I'm working hard. Oh man, now my camera's like being crazy. I'm gonna get on my computer camera. Dude, I like it. I, I think we had like a piece of USB malfunction or something. I have no idea. That's all right. The they can hear us, and that's happening. all that matters. <laughs> yeah. So if you guys are watching, sorry for. Dude, I'm telling you, we troubleshot and troubleshot and troubleshot. So now you guys just get the fat chin bill. <laughs> this is like back to day one. Yeah. The, the computer camera, the phone camera. Oh yeah, man. This is like going back eight episodes ago. Uh, by the way, we are on episode eight, which is pretty amazing. So yeah, just want to give our sponsors just a quick shout out. Um, if I can. I can't even bring that up. My computer, I guess, is uh, has a mind of its own. So we'll get through this episode. But Sea Strike, or not Sea Strike, Sea Strike is going to be next on our list. They're going to be coming in soon. Uh, but we have Ice Strike Fishing, which has been huge supporters of the show. Um, actually, got a picture this week of a giant flounder from a, from a person who who did really well on um, on some Ice Strike gear. So that was awesome. Uh, so we got Ice Strike. We have uh, Marsh, Marsh uh, Ware and AFCO, mm-hmm. um, big supporters of the show. We're actually going to be giving away, I'll show you this awesome shirt. We're going to be giving away this shirt for Catch of the Week, as you guys can see. And this is a little bit thicker of a shirt, so it's going to be a good time for that fall fishing. Just a beautiful Marsh Ware shirt. And uh, so Marsh Ware, AFCO, those guys hook us up well. And hook you, oh, hook you guys up well. As I destroyed this set, man, this was all set up. So. We just need to take a deep breath real quick and... I know, Calm man. Just, just let it do its thing. Um, so anyway, guys, appreciate you tuning in. Let us know where you're watching from. Let us know that you are watching, and we will uh, interact as possible with the uh, with the comments here. Which actually, man, you got a lot of fans already on the show. So I know this is blowing up. Yeah, pretty good. So we uh, still working on some technical difficulties, but we want to just thank all of our sponsors, and then we have um, Shuts and Brock with. Uh, with his fishing company, Eastern Angling, that uh, will take you out and do some fishing with you. My company, Thorpe Creative, will print your t-shirts, your hats, your hoodies, all that kind of stuff. Uh, so reach out to us. And so I'm going to throw it back to you, Judson. We got all kinds of technical stuff going on. So I'm going to let you guys hold it down. Uh, we'll do Catch of the Week just really quick uh, while, we're, while I'm still on this camera. And then I'm going to let these guys talk what you came here to listen to, which is about fishing. And I'm going to work on some tech nerd stuff and try to get this, trying to get this back on the horse here. So first of all, catch of the week is going to, Oh man, they won't even work now. Bub white. So Bub at Bub William white on Instagram is our catch of the week. And he caught a really nice, uh, a red drum. So we, we figured that out on so, top water, top water, frog skitter walk. Yeah. I think it was. Yeah, absolutely. So, dude, this is permanently stuck on my face, unfortunately, <laughs> for, for all you guys. So, I am going to try to fix it as quick as possible, but you guys can go ahead and start there talking we go. some interviewing stuff over there. So, uh, we were talking about earlier kind of how that, that temperature has cooled off. Um, it's funny, too, because it's like I feel like every July, late July, early August, that the temperature will drop a little bit. And you're like, oh, fall is here. And then you've still got the rest of August you where still, it's scorching you still got hot. August. And we needed it. I mean, we did. Been, we've, temperatures have been above normal. 
uh, lack of rain, which I won't complain about after last year. Uh, I said, you know, beginning of this year that I don't mind a little bit of drought. It, it does right. help fishing. It does. Um, and, and so, yeah, no, I agree. I'm, I'm, I love when I, when I, when the weatherman said uh, last week an unseasonably cold um, system coming through. I was yeah. Like, yes. 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 For sure. I, I, I've loved it. And it seemed like it's the, the cooler temps have lingered around a little longer than they were saying it was going to, which yeah. I've enjoyed. Started feeling that humidity a little bit today, though. It started yeah, it did. in there. It, it really did. did. <laughs> I, it, was, uh, it was on mist for sure. Well, we have a couple questions we always like to start out with. I want to learn how did you get into fishing, Jot? Like, what, where did it all start? Uh, I got into fishing uh, my first job when I was 13 years old. From 13 to 15, I worked in a local fish market. Um, old Rice Beach Seafood, uh, right beside the old Middle of the Island restaurant. For any of you old school locals, remember Middle of the Island restaurant. Ate a many meals there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I started uh, started commercial, offshore commercial fishing. Mm-hmm. Um, day grouper, day king mackerel, some overnight king mackerel trips. Um, a little bit of green sticking for yellow fins, a little green sticking for blue fins. Uh, clammed, I oystered. Um, and I found out um, at, at about age 19, 20 years old that... Um, commercial fishing was going to make me an old man. It's, it's tough on you. Yeah, it's, not an it's easy, hard work. It's not easy way to make a living. Um, and I started to uh, mate on some local charter boats, uh, Fortune Hunter, Whipsaw, and many others. Uh, and I did that for a while. And then uh, I decided it was uh, time to start guiding. And I started uh, I started running uh, Jimmy Vass's uh, Fortune Hunter 2. It's Jones Brothers. Yeah. And I did that for quite a while. Um, and then uh, then I started running my own business. Uh, and now I've had my own business now for uh, for 12 years. That's awesome. Um, so yeah, so it's uh, it's been a long journey. It's been a fun journey. I've learned a lot. Um, I've learned that it's it's long hot days in the water, um, and uh, but it's very enjoyable. I love seeing people catch fish. Um, I love seeing people have a good time, um, and it's from you know from and I say this all the time from a you know a customer a child who's never caught a fish to a customer who's caught a thousand fish. It's it's still a really really enjoyable uh, scenario for me. It is. It is for sure. You say uh, Jimmy Vass, little Jimmy, his son. Uh, this was his room for about two years. Oh wow! That th- this office is in right now. So wow, it's it's small it world of Wilmington for it, sure. It is. Absolutely. It's a very small world. Um, well, cool. So, all right. Next question is: What is what's the first day that pops in your head when I'm like, what's the most epic day of fishing you've had out of Wrightsville Beach? Oh uh, wow! Inshore, near shore, just anything that the first thing that pops up in your head. I'd probably say um, I think the best, the best one ever that pops in my head. Well, I don't do two. Number right, one, two's fine. Uh, number one is going to be uh, Father's Day. I can't tell you the year. I don't know. <laughs> Long time ago, um, uh, me and my father went uh, nine for twelve cobias at the inlet one morning. In That's two, in awesome. Two hours. That is all awesome. big fish. Uh, kept two, uh, uh, sixty-two and a sixty-four pounder. We kept. Release others, and it was unbelievable. I mean, we get a fish on just as quick as we 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 you know we yeah. we were done. I think we we got to the inlet at six, and at a little after eight, we were we were the boats all the boats coming out were leaving. Uh, and then probably another one would be in uh, two thousand seven, uh, the tarpon I fought for over four hours. That would that would have been the state record. I didn't kill the fish, but it was um, with measurements um, said between two ten and two thirty five. That's awesome. Yeah, That's it was a really big cool. Fish. And I've got pictures and scales and. Um, and, and a lot of good memories. I know the captain come in that day and helped me measure the fish and everything yeah. like that. We released it. It did swim away pretty good. Um, but that was unbelievable. And that fish would not stop. And, and two hours in, I was, I, I didn't care if it got off. I didn't care if it got off the line. I mean, I was that tired yeah. by myself. Did he take uh, you down the beach or did he take you out deep? Hit Northeast, like North big fish turned Northeast. And I, yeah. I was seven miles off the beach, started the inlet at Mason Morale at the jetty. I was seven miles off the beach four hours and 21 minutes later when we got it at the boat oh and got gosh. photos. Um, it, was, it was epic. It was, 
and got measurements and knew it was a big fish. But yeah. I've never seen a tarpon that big, so I didn't know if, uh, you know, I mean, I don't want to kill a tarpon, but I was thinking 160, maybe 180 pounds. Right. You know, at the, it's at hard the time. to tell when they get to that, it was, that it was, size. I mean, you know, and if you think back, I mean, you could have fit a five gallon bucket in this fish's mouth. I mean, you know, <laughs> right on. Um, a so true it was, bucket mouth. It was crazy. Um, and so it was cool. Cool. I got some great photos of it and I had somebody to witness it. Um, but I went out that morning. On, it was Fourth of July weekend. I went out that Saturday morning just to to do uh, to do a little fun fishing because I saw the tarpon there not before on a full moon. Yeah. And I got there the next morning. I was catching a few reds, and lo and behold, that baby hit. And whew, I'll never forget that. That's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. It's there's something so cool about just releasing that fish too. Oh my yeah, gosh. Yeah, you could have the state record, but just having that fish beside your boat and letting it go back into the water. That's just. It, it's it, cool. Yeah. It's like part of me too. I, like I'd be so torn. I'd be like, I want to have the state record, and then, I, but I want to let this big fish swim away. It's uh, it, it's cool. And that, that fishery's changed a lot. I mean, over yeah, the years for sure. So for it's, sure. it's it's it, it was cool to see and to see those fish show up every year as they do. They're definitely majestic fish. Definitely, definitely. Well, I think we were gonna talk. You, oh, you good man, over there, Billy? Dude. You got it all dialed. Billy has been running we, around behind all these cameras. We're back in, well, there he is, Ghost Billy. Everybody, <laughs> I swear he's there. I have no idea what he's going on with this camera. Let's see. Oh, here we go. Here I am. Perfect. Um, so I, golly, man, I have no idea. What this happened. is just the fun of a live show. It's perfect, man. Actually, Jock came in and he said, "Hey, that's pretty cool. You guys do a live show. Like, I bet that has a bunch of stuff that happens." I'm like. Oh no, we got it dialed in. <laughs> we got it. We're perfect. Mouth. I should not have said that. <laughs> John yeah. jinxed us, guys. I swear. No, yeah. so I, I do want to come back to um, I do want to come back to catch of the week really quick. There it is, just to show this picture of. Bob. It's an awesome uh, picture. Yeah, man, it's just a beautiful kayak fish. fish too, right? Yeah, he's a kayak guy, man. I mean, he he boats fish, kayaks fish, but uh, a lot of people know Bub. He's a he's a local guy as well, and. Uh, school teacher, so he actually, nice. he actually has a a club at school where he he um. Uh, t- you know, teaches young guys and mentors them fishing guys and gals and, and his fishing club. So, so really cool thing what he's doing. So appreciate that, Bub, for sending that in. Uh, for everybody else watching the show, I guess I'm just gonna go go to go back to your camera. What's, here, what's up? So, guys, we forgot to say too. Uh, just comment throughout this uh, this show, and you'll have a chance to win uh, a giveaway here at the end. Also, um, let us know where you're tuning in from. As well as if you've watched every show, just shoot us a thumbs up in the comments. If you if you've tuned into every live show, that we just we're just curious to know um, how many people are tuning into these shows. Um, so we're gonna jump into it. I, I, me and Jot were talking, and we we're like, "What's a good topic for for this time of year? And what's interesting? What what are we both kind of fired up about?" And, and Jot was like, "We got to talk about the the bull redfish and the cobia, the late summer, maybe early fall." Yeah, bull I redfish mean, and cobia. You know, a lot of people always think of you know the fall, late summer, fall fishing. If, of the, the bull drum, but uh, I catch some of the biggest Kobe of the year in the fall. We catch plenty of big ones, but you know, in the spring, but I do see a lot of bigger fish, um, 60s, 70s, 80s. Two years ago, I had an 84 pounder, um, the, uh, the last week of September. Um, you know, and it's that to me, it's that that change that transition of August. You start getting into mid September to mid October, just some really nice uh, Kobe's that come down yeah. the beach. And, and the way this season was here, it was a very poor season locally. Um, and I, I attribute that to the mild winter. When we have mild winters, um, those fish seem to dart around us or dart past us very fast. Um, and, you know, north of us was epic. Outer Banks, Virginia had an epic year. Yeah. So it's not like there's less fish. They just they just seem to miss us when we have mild us. winters. But I have noticed that that happens, that we have a, usually have a decent fall. So fingers are crossed that that fall fishery is going to be, you know, there's going to be some big cobias around for sure. I like it. 
I like it. I've um, like seen a lot of juveniles. Cubby. I tagged a, a juvenile day and I tagged a juvenile three days ago. Nice. Little pups that are in shore now. So that's pretty normal this time of year to see those. Yeah. They're getting some tags. So if you catch Cobia, big or small, keep your eyes peeled for those red tags. Um, they're worth 100 bucks. Awesome. I could use it. 100 bucks, man. I'm going to come. Where'd you fish. release the last red tag? Uh, in Mott's channel today, <laughs> close to Sea Pass Marina, actually. I'm going to be there tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> There's going to be like 50 boats just swarmed in Mott's channel. There was tomorrow. a guy flying underfishing. He said, oh, look, I caught a cubby. I said, bring it over here. I'll put a tag in it. He's like, okay. <laughs> That's awesome. And he, when he said 100 he meant $100,000. That tag's worth $100,000. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely going to be a lot of people. Judson will be cutting that check, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I will, uh, I'll cut that check. It's going to be – I'll write it on a piece of notebook paper. <laughs> Pay it off right now. <laughs> Well, we are, uh, we're excited about this show and, um, yeah, Jot has just, he's kind of known in this area as someone who's just, he's a great teacher and, and, um, I've learned a lot from him and I've got a bunch of buddies that are like, what the heck? How is Jot? Jot's catching bull redfish. Look, he's called like, everyone's always texting me about your Instagram stories and Jot knows our, 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 the Wrightsville beach fishery and and the Wilmington fishery and greater, greater Wilmington area really well. And, uh, and, and he's really, he's got a lot of great information and excited to kind of pick his brain a little bit. I'm not going to pick too many secrets out of there, but, but oh, no, it's all good, man. It's, if not, I'll just tell you a lie. I'm a fisherman. You know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, exactly. Away. That's what I'm here for. So speaking of bull redfish, I feel like this is a great time. I mean, people are just starting to catch them and mm-hmm. what, what, um, it, when you're going to go out in a, on a morning and kind of set up for bull redfish, what are you looking for? What do you want to do? What tide wise, weather wise, kind of just the, the basic, this is what I want scenario wise for bull redfish. Well, you know, I'm, I'm a, I'll keep it contained to this area because, you know, north of us in the Pamlico Sound area, they're already seeing the fish. They yeah. start seeing a lot earlier than our, us, us. Usually late July, uh, early August, they start to see them. I, I typically don't see numbers here until we get on into later September, early October. Okay. I will start to see some bull reds mixing in with some of those jetty reds, some of those ocean reds, some of those hard bottom uh, reds, some of those shoal fish. You'll start seeing some bigger fish mix in. Um, I like to run the beach in September and look for school reds because September when that mullet run's happening, you know, they're out there. And it's amazing how many times, almost daily, I'll be running the beach and I'll, I'll run a big red, 40 plus inch fish off the beach. Uh, Wrightsville, Figure Eight, Topsail, you know, Lee Island, uh, Masonboro Island. So th- they're in there starting to show up, and then more and more starting to show up. And, and typically, I start seeing them on those hard bottoms. Yeah. And then they start getting close to the inlets as, as the season goes on. Um, but but my, my perfect day is going to be um, where I can, if let's say it's a four hour trip, I'm looking for a changing tide. Okay. The end, of the, end of the rise on a high and starting of the fall or the end of the fall and start of a rise on a low. Typically an hour, hour or two, each side of that changing tide is when those bigger reds bite better. Will they bite in the middle of a tide? Absolutely. But fishing closer to those changing tides definitely see better bites. Is key. And, and it'll get really good right up there close to the change. And then when it goes slack, they usually cut off like a lot of fish do. They really yeah. do. Um, they're, again, not to say you can't get a bite during the slack tide, but it usually does uh, slow down. But if it's been a good bite on the end of that fall or the end of that rise, when it does flip over, then they'll usually start biting again pretty good. For sure. If it's been a slow bite, eh, sometimes it'll be slow again on the other side, but they'll, they'll start to bite yeah. again. Yeah, yeah. It's uh that the redfish are, can be so true to that when you're fishing around structure and stuff like that. Oh yeah. I mean, inshore, a little redfish, puppy drum, you know, it's slot like redfish. I mean, it, it, really is, it is. It is like clockwork. And yeah. like you're saying, there's those days where it doesn't seem to matter what the tide is. No, it doesn't matter yeah. if it's slack, but a lot of times when, when you look back at your day, you're like, all right, those fish are feeding, you know, well at the last little bit of the drop or the first of the rise. Yeah. And, when, uh, when I have a, you know, a six, eight fish bull drum day, uh, or old drum or large drum day, however you like to call them, it, it, it'll be, it, it'll be, they'll be on clock. They'll be right on schedule. 
but those 20, 30 fish days, yeah. even in the slack tide, they yeah, still they're just chilling. It's not wide open, but you're still getting a bite. Right, yeah. right. Well, let, let's go to this real quick. What is your, your best bull redfish day here around Wrightsville Beach? Um, believe it or not, right after the hurricane last year, I remember you were crushing them. 33 one day. 33. That's right. 30, I remember 30, that. 33 here. I've had some, some 40 and 50 fish days uh, on the Pamlico at yeah. nighttime. Yeah. Uh, bait fishing many years ago. Um, but, but here 33 during the day. Uh, and that got to, we went to one rod. We went to one rod because uh, it was not, it, there was too many double hookups. Yeah. And you're trying to get the fish in a, in a, in a, in a quick amount of time to release them as well. They're bigger fish. They do wear themselves Certainly. out. Um, so we went to run one rod that day and it would be in the rod holder less than five minutes. That's awesome. Fish. That was, un, that was, that was enough time to take a leak and, and, and crack another beer. And yeah. I was so tired after that day. That's awesome. <laughs> and covered in drum slime. Yeah. <laughs> That's incredible. Um, all right. So. I think what a lot of people like to know is, is, is kind of, all right, we know what to look for. Now we're looking for that changing tide, um, places to set up and then we'll kind of jump into tackle. Like, what are you looking for as far as a spot to set up? And I don't want you to be like, these are my GPS coordinates. Oh, yeah, this yeah, is where yeah. you need to go sit. But when somebody, if they, if they don't have the money to book a trip and they're like, oh, I'm going to get out there and, 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 and try it myself. What are you looking for? Yeah. It, if, when the fish start to show up and I say that in that September range, I'm starting yeah. to see them show up, starting to mix in more and more. Um, I'm finding them around the inlets. So find them through the inlets right on through the fall. But they first show up. Sometimes you can find them pretty good on hard bottoms. Okay. Um, I have found them really good on some hard bottoms, you know, like John's Creek, some artificial reefs. Yeah. Uh, the near shore artificial reefs from south, you know, my, my, my main area is from south top sort of Cape Fear. Mm-hmm. And the Marriott wreck off of, uh, of Carolina Beach, those, those, those fish will get on there good through September and early to mid-October. Yeah. Then we get into later October, they really seem to hone in on the, uh, on the inlets. Mm-hmm. Uh, on on the on some of the changing the bigger moons uh, the new moon or the full moon um, some of those bigger tides I'll find those fish a little bit into the uh, more around the inlets they're still on those hard bottoms and then it will usually last till early November and usually you know I never put a spot on water temperature because every year it's a little different but right. when I start to see that water temperature get into the get get out of the seventies and get into the sixties and stay in the sixties, not variable up and down in and out of the you know seventies and sixties, yeah, yeah. those fish really start to head offshore. And by about sixty-five to sixty-two degree water constantly, it's hard to the trout fishing's great and the drum yeah. fishing's slowing down. The big drum fishing's yeah. slowing down. Yeah. Yeah. Well that's that's cool. So when when you're setting up on those fish, are you mostly bait fishing? Are you ever throwing artificials when you're fishing that structure and whatnot? Are you are you picking up more random fish when you're fishing, maybe flounder fishing or something like that? Yeah, I do. I do. That was pick a lot up, of questions. Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I, if I'm going to just bull drum fish, I'm usually going to be bait fishing. Okay, but we do catch plenty out there flounder fishing on the reefs on jigs. Yeah, uh, it's typically the flounder gear or the cobia jigs I use. Catch them all the time on that. Um, vertical jigging sometimes uh, for the bigger bluefish, those four and five pound bluefish on, on like a big sting silver, yeah. big Hopkins. We'll hook them on those as well. They'll eat, they'll eat the heck out of that stuff. It's kind of right there in their face. Right. Um, but if I'm going bull drum fishing, I'm usually going to be live bait or yeah. cut bait. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, if, if, if someone was wanting to go out there and target them on artificials, what would you, is there a color you think that they eat better? Or? No. I always tell people just redfish aren't super picky. They're not super picky on colors. And I say go bright because usually you're fishing a little bit deeper water. And sometimes in the fall, we get some dirty water. We get yeah. some pretty big rains in October. And I would say October is the best month for them here. I mean, day in and day out, October is the best month. Um, and and in October, we do get some big rain. And when we get that rain, that water will get up, will get will get stained up. Um, so I go with a little bit brighter colors. I like uh, it. For sure. It, like it, it. it doesn't matter. I, I go bright. I mean, they, they're not picky. 
what is uh when you're bait fishing what is your or do you have a bait of choice or as far as mullet menhaden pinfish is there or is it whatever you can get your hands on number one fresh 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 okay. i mean that is like you really i would rather use a fresh cut pinfish that i caught that day than a mullet that's been in my freezer yeah. or a menhaden yeah. that's been in my freezer it really makes a difference these are not scavengers they're they're they really do like fresh stuff. That I've seen that work over and over again. Fishing on other boats that brought frozen bait, they're catching a few drum, we're catching five or six drum to their one drum. Yeah, makes a difference. Um, and then when it comes down to the favorite bait, number one, it's probably going to be mullet, fresh yeah. mullet. Min Hayden's right there too. I think Min Hayden works just as good. The problem is Min Hayden is so soft, it just falls apart. Yeah, the pinfish, yeah. trash fish get it. Mullet's got a little more, little yeah. more, little more uh, toughness to it. Um, a little smarter fish can stay away from yeah, the trash fish a little right, better, right, I feel yeah. like, too. Um, and bluefish, uh, a blue-cut bluefish is good as well. Um, and, and then if I'm using live bait, um, I like those bigger finger mullet. Okay. And a lot of people will say, well, live bait, you know, uh, cut bait, what's the deal? And typically what I do is that water's got some clarity to it, no matter where I'm fishing. Uh -huh. It's got some clarity. And when I say clarity, it can be clean green. It could be bright river water, but it could be sweet tea river water. Right. You know, river, it's clear. It's just brown clear. Right. But if I'm in clear water, I'm usually going to tune to live bait. The water gets stained or dirty. The clarity drops down. Then I'm going to change to uh, I'm going to change to some cut bait. Okay. You know, okay. fresh cut bait. Yeah. Awesome. I get some Facebook questions. Let's go into some Facebook questions. I'm Billy, still Billy's <laughs> breaking a sweat over there. <laughs> Dude, I, I'm still here, boys. I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving quite yet. I'm. Uh, we don't want you to leave, Billy. We will see what happens, man. My goodness, I'm going to try to bring. I have no idea what's happening still. I don't even know. You've moved happening. every camera twice, you know. Dude, I have moved every. <laughs> camera. I've been on two different ones here. I, dude, yeah. We're trying to get Jot's best angle yeah. on camera. Oh my goodness! So something, yeah, something happens with this camera. This camera works. That camera doesn't. It's been have plenty crazy. Cameras. Yeah. So I'm gonna just keep the camera on you because I'm asking you the questions here. So these are coming from our Facebook um, uh, comments. Which once again, guys, if you're watching this. First of all, if you're watching this episode and you're still with us, thank you, because that's real <laughs> support as we are struggling hard. This is a struggle bus. Uh, so this is coming from Robert. He says, when should a shock leader be used for old drum? Can you explain the proper way to rig a popping cork? So maybe okay. maybe all two right. questions in there. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. So number one, shock leader. I typically don't use a shock leader when I'm, when I'm old drum or big drum fishing, bait fishing. Um, I use 80-pound mono, clear mono. As my leader and a uh, and a circle hook, typically the leader is going to be in the twelve to fourteen inch range, uh, and I use a nine alt trocar uh, AP hooks called a TK five. It's an all purpose, um, non offset. Uh, I found that it, you get a lot more fish in the, in the lip instead of deep when you use the non offsets, uh, and it's a smaller hook um, because we do catch mixed fish. Um, I, there's plenty of days we're catching those big drum and then a, a 26 inch dinner fish shows up. Yeah. Um, and so using that smaller circle hook, I get less throat hits, but I also get, um, get those, those smaller fish, uh, hooked as well and don't miss them. Um, and then far as, as far as popping corks go, um, I don't do a lot of popping cork fishing. Uh, we just don't do that down here. Our fish aren't, aren't shallow enough. I have tried a few times off of Caswell Beach and Long Beach down there in the Menhaden schools in October because those fish get down there, and I have yet to catch one on popping corks. But um, I, I would like to. I've tried. Um, but typically that chunk of bait in the back on a Carolina rig is what gets hit every time when I'm doing that. Um, but I know that a lot of the guys and gals that, that fish up in the Pamlico um, are using a true popping cork, not a rattling cork, a cork that makes a, a very low-pitch pop. Um, and usually they, they like a, you know, a big swim bait. Um, on a uh, on a lighter jig hit so as a fall a slow fall um, and I don't I'm guessing a 40 to 60 pound 40 liter 
uh, for those for those fish. Yeah, I think forty to sixty. When I I've gone lighter up there too, um, but but typically I'd say yeah, forty fifty pounds is yeah is what you want. There's they're they're not leader shy, so there's no reason to not mm -hmm. have a nice thick leader on there. No. And a lot of times you'll you'll hook a fish, and if he's with other fish and they're fired up, they'll eat the cork. And I see this yeah. in Louisiana a lot. The other fish will eat the cork as the ones taking it down. So having leader on both sides of that cork is important because I've had a lot of fish. Not here, but in Louisiana, in schools of fish, break me off because there's 20 fish eating that other cork. And I tell you also, too, is not having uh, that braid wrapped around the top of that yes. rattling cork or popping cork and For pop sure. you off. Having a piece of leader above it uh, keeps that everything straight when you cast. That makes a big difference. Oh, 100%. Sure. I, mean, I saw that today with a topwater I tied, a, or two days ago, tied a braid straight to it. And I, someone was like, oh, I just fished braids. So I was trying it. And I wrapped. I kept wrapping my swivel, or wrapping my hook, and wrapping the the split ring and whatnot. Even if it's a short shot, it really helps in the frustration. It level. does. It really does. It really does. So we've got a couple more questions here. We'll hit while we're on Facebook. So once again, appreciate you guys commenting your questions uh, for Captain Jot Owens here. So Matt Williamson, and maybe you answered this a little bit with your setup there, but he says, "What hooks do you use uh, so you don't kill fish?" That's the first part of the question. And then, how long can you fight a bull before they are in danger? Or how do you uh, know if they're okay to keep fighting? Good, good questions, and I I, I I speak about this a lot, even in, in my uh, in, in some of my seminars as well as fishing reports. Um, number one is go with a shorter leader. Uh, I try not to go more than twelve or fourteen inches long. Um, if I'm in a hev heavy current area, I feel like sometimes the heavy current you can get away with a little bit longer. On lighter currents, you can go a little bit shorter, and I, the reason I believe that is because it just gets pushed to the bottom, so it doesn't it doesn't hurt to go a little longer. But I try to go no more than 12 to 14 inches, of 80 pound. I always use a straight circle hook, as in a non-offset. Um, if you're looking to purchase hooks, look for tournament legal uh, circle hooks. Uh, tournament legal circle hooks are straight, um, and I like a welded eye. Um, that's just personal. I don't know if it makes any difference. Um, and you can press the barb down. If I am fishing myself, I will press the barb down. With customers on the boat and getting slack line, I don't press the barb down because they will typically lose that fish. Um, so I keep it, I keep it, but I do go with a little bit smaller hook, a 9-alt, um, which 9-alt in the Trocar uh, TK5 is a pretty small 9-alt. It's more of a 7-alt a from another brand or okay. something. It's a smaller hook. Um, and I would say go in the neighborhood of, I try to keep the fife down in less than 10 minutes. I don't use anything less than 50-pound braid or 30-pound mono for my bull fishing. Um, I'm using uh, casting reels. I use fat, pin fathoms, 20s, uh, level wines, uh, with 30-pound mono um, on, the, on the fathoms, on the casting reels. And on my spinning reels, I use 50-pound braid. And I use uh, quite a bit of drag. I'm probably using in the neighborhood of, uh, I'd say, 8 to 12 pounds of drag on the 30-pound line and over 12 pounds on the 50-pound, putting it to them, getting them in. Um, and the most important thing is uh, getting them in fast is very important, but taking the time to re, re, uh, get that fish, get, get air back in that fish, resuscitate that fish, take the time, keep them in the water. I've held fish for uh, 15, 20 minutes that I've seen other anglers would probably just push them away. The problem is that fish pushes away, turns upside down. There's a good chance that fish is going to die. Mm -hmm. And if you're fishing an inlet area in the ocean or on a reef, it's probably going to get run over by a boat. Um, so take the time to resuscitate that fish, hold them. They, if, if those gills are moving, they will come back and start swimming away. It may take time. Um, I, I, I commend the anglers that take the time to really revive those fish. 
Um, there's been times we've been fishing it. Uh, we're taking turns. I'm holding the fish for a while and then I'll get rods back out. I have my customers hold the fish. We're doing it, keeping their head down, keeping them upright, try to keep their mouth into the current. Um, so that current's going through their mouth and across the gills, not reverse. So it's backing up on their gills. And, and it's amazing. We've had fish 10, 15 minutes in the water and they finally swim away fine yeah. and, and, and watch them. They swim down and come back up, grab onto them again and hold on. They will make it. They'll get that air out of their belly. And they'll go on down, but take the time to do that. It's very important. Yeah, one th one thing I've always recommended to people too about that is you don't have to have boga grips, but but something to grip the lip of that fish a little bit. Because a lot of times somebody will, you'll be trying to release a fish in current or over the boat, and it'll slip out of your hands, and you can't get to that fish, and you know maybe it didn't release correctly. But having a good hold on that fish, whether it's with your hands or a boga grip or something else, why you can give it that time in the in the water, I think is important. And absolutely. I'm with Jot for sure. It's 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 definitely worth taking that time to let that fish swim away. Those are our, they're going to make our baby redfish. They're going to become our our next big redfish. So it's so important. They're such slow growers. Um, you know, I'm not going to quote how old they are. There's so many different studies out there, but we know they get old. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, old drum. And yeah, and so uh, <laughs> is there like a window of age that they've kind of? Said? Yeah, it's. I mean, it's. It I depends on what part sure, of the country but... they are, what they're eating and stuff like that. But you know, I mean, a, a 40 inch drum typically is over 20 years old. Wow. That's a safe bet, and wow. even older, and even older. Um, yeah. So they, you know, they take, they take, they get up to about sixteen inches their first year, and they slow right down. Wow. Um, and they don't become sexually mature to, on average, around twenty nine to thirty inches long. Wow. So it, you know, you're talking about a fish that's got some age on it before it's even sexually mature. So that's why we have the, the, the limitations we have, you know, to keep those fish smaller before they're sexually mature. But once they become sexually mature, we need to let them go. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Well, I commend you for taking care of the resource. I always think that's hugely important. So. And always keep your eyes peeled for tags. I tag uh, over slot drum, um, so we get a lot. I get we get a lot of tag returns around here. So keep your eyes peeled for those yellow tags. They're, they're yellow dart tags on the back of them. Uh, cut them off. There's a one eight hundred number on there. Call it in. You get five dollars a hat or a uh, or a shirt from the state. I would recommend the hat or the shirt. It's it it's it's nicer than the five dollars. <laughs> <laughs> it's a ten dollar hat. It's a ten dollar hat. Yeah, it's a pretty nice hat. Yeah. So so you actually tag those fish. That's a part of something that you actually do. Mm -hmm. Is that yep. what you're saying? Okay. Yep. And yep. what program is that through? Just state state. Yeah, I tag okay. uh, I tag uh, overslot drum, speckled trout, striped bass, cobia, and sharks. Okay. Uh, are the fish yeah. that I, that I tag and uh, and and active in all of them. Um, I really like tagging cobia just because it's it, I'm really looking forward to seeing the um, the data when yeah. it starts getting put together, uh, where these fish are going, where they're coming from. And so, especially we tag big fish and we tag juveniles and some, I've tagged two juveniles, tag a juvenile today. We we're talking about earlier. And, uh, and those, those juveniles, um, I, it's going to be cool if, if that fish pops up somewhere in, in three years, yeah, that's at 50 cool. or 60 pounds. You know? Yeah, and, for sure. And for people watching or listening, like if they wanted to get involved in a program like that, I mean, I'm not here to promote like programs or whatever, but I think that's cool, man. Cause that's a part of, oh, like you said, getting yeah. that data, collecting that information, so is there ways that the average Joe can get involved, or you there, have to be a captain? Or? There, there is. They do tagging. Um, they do tagging um, classes uh, once a year. Okay. Uh, the best thing to do is get on DMF's website and uh, look for the tagging classes, and they okay. they do those once a year for different species. If they if they have species they're looking for, then they'll they'll say, hey, this is this is. Are you are you interested in this? Do you, you catch this fish and and, and go from there? Oh, the most cool. important thing is is if you're gonna do this, um, take it serious. Yeah. Don't just do it to say, hey, I tag fish, um, because if those tags could be put on another boat that the people are actually sure. tagging them, that's very important because all, almost all of these tagging programs come from grant money, um, and grants aren't easy to get. And it took yeah. uh, it took took a biologist and 
uh, some time to write that grant out to get to yeah. you know, write out that grant to get it. Um, so keep in mind that they, those are precious uh, uh, funds that are used for fish studies for the state of North Carolina, which. Um, you know, the state never has any money. So it's nice when they, when they get grants to do this kind of stuff for fisheries. So. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Yeah, that's cool, man. Well, I appreciate, yeah, I appreciate you sharing that. I'm, yeah. you know, kind of new to the area, four years in here, still learning a lot about the uh, community industry, all that kind of stuff. So that I didn't, I didn't know that was a thing that, you know, you could go out there and get certified and, you know, like go, you know, go through some training. So, so anybody watching or listening, you want to do that, man, go, go get, Go get that hookup. Uh, let's see. I'll, I'll ask you a couple more questions here just because I'm still on this Facebook thing. Uh, it says, uh, so do you pick your mullet up with a cast net? Yeah, yeah, cast net. Um, and typically what I will do is if, if in the fall there's so much mold around. I mean, it's now there is, and they're yeah. getting more. So The I, beginning I, of this summer, it was tough. Though, it was, man, yeah, to yeah, it was not bait. much bait this early year. I mean, ooh, you're right. It was, it was, uh, That's nice to see it now. It was nice to see you go out and throw a cast net one time and get all the mold you want. Yeah. But, yeah, typically I'm, I'm cast netting them, and the best place i found is uh, anywhere close to low tide, a couple hours on each side of low tide at low tide, is in the ICW, in the waterway. Uh, that's the highway, and once we get into September – those mold are going to be running south, and there are days where you could blind cast and catch all the mold you need. Yeah. Um, Menhaden usually I find up in the estuary creeks, but there's been a very low amount of Menhaden estuary creeks this year. Uh, I'm starting to see a few just in the last week, no big numbers, um, but it is uh, it is nice to see the mullets for sure because they, they, they work. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, I'll, I'll ask one more question off of here, and then we can jump back, yeah. kind of jump back into it. it. Um, and then we can, I mean, several more people, several questions. I mean, popular, popular guy, a lot of questions for you, but we'll get to them, uh, as we go. I just want to kind of gear the conversation and, and get a little bit more on tra- track as we're, we're uh, on track. You're doing know, great. I don't Billy. even know where we're at in this show. I'm like, I've just been running around the studio hundred miles an hour trying to make stuff work. Um, so this is a good, I think this is a great question from Ken. Uh, once the fish has been landed, like what's the best way to revive the fish? Like what is, I mean, that's a, that's a great question. You hook up on this monster fish. Like what's my next step to put it back in the water and make sure it's safe. A couple, couple important things is number one, stay away from their gills. I know you want to take a photo of this fish and the, the longer the fish stays in the water, the better, but you want to, if you want to take photos, that's fine, but you want to hold them broad. You want to hold, you want to cradle their whole body. Um, you don't want to want two hand them or one hand them. You want to grow the whole body. You can grab them in their mouth, but just keep, stay away from the gills. Um, and, and keep them, you know, when you take that fish out of the water, have the camera ready. I see this all the time as a guy. They're, oh, they're fumbling around for the camera. They're trying to get the camera app open. They're trying to get the camera to come on, kind of like tonight. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Camera issues. And, and Just so, like tonight, you know, minus the bull red. <laughs> that's right, yeah. But so, you know, have the camera ready. Have a, have a designated photo taker. Who's going to take it? And for me, it's nice because I'm a guide, so I can kind of be the, be the referee. Right. And right. I'm holding the fish. I'm holding on to that fish's tail, holding their head in the water, supporting them, letting them breathe. Get them, I get them to the front of the boat. They sit down. Very rarely do I want these, my customers to stand up and hold a 40-plus inch fish. Because yeah. yeah. after about 43, 44 inches, they're about an inch a pound. Um, you know, that's that 40-plus that inch deal usually gets, especially 45 inches up, 45-inch fish, about 45 pounds. So I will have it ready to bring to them. Can you demonstrate them. with Sharky right there beside him? That pillow is in your shot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So That's we're, perfect. We're going to cradle them like this and stay away from their mouth and their gills. <laughs> okay. So act like that's a shark. Yeah, that's right. Just like this. this. <laughs> that's how you cradle a great white. That's right. You don't want to do anything like this, you know, or, or this. No one hand. So. But, but cradle that fish and be ready to take the photo. I get my customers to sit down. Um, just so they won't fall because if they fall, 
It's because the fish is going to go nose first into the deck. Yeah. Um, so cradle it and quick photos and get them back in the water. And um, like I said earlier, keep their noses into the current. Um, I like to hold on to the, under, under their mouth, um, under their head and their mouth and their tail and point them into the current and hold them until they swim away on their own. Um, and I'll even let them kick a few times to make sure they're ready. Fight and, you a little yeah, bit. Yeah, fight me a little bit. And then when they're fighting a little bit, I know they have control. Uh, and then watch them. And there's been plenty of times where I have uh, pulled my anchor and hooked from my anchor and gone and retrieved a fish that went a little ways, turned upside down, and was floating. Um, or watch them. And sometimes they'll pop the water and go again. Yeah. Um, but just try, make sure that fish swims away on, on its own. It's the most important thing. And it will take some time. There's been, t- like we talked about earlier, 15 minutes plus. Um, it sometimes takes some time to get their bearing. They're big fish. Heavier tackle, get them in quicker, um, and, and and take the time to revive them. Definitely. And, and one thing I always say, too, is if you don't want a picture, keep them in the water. Unhook them in the water. If, if you're not taking a picture, just leave them down there and pop them off and let them swim off. It's definitely better for them. Who's not taking a picture of a 48-inch red drum? That's what I want to know. John doesn't need He's catching so many. He doesn't need <laughs> many pictures anymore. I, do, I have to say I do appreciate the days after the sixth or seventh one. You want a photo? No, we got photos. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, I'll, like, snip one in the water, the fish coming up or something right. for me. <laughs> right. And then the customer's like, let's just catch another one. Okay. Yeah, and you're like, you don't want photos? Come on. I guess you're catching that many it's like just turn on the video camera just make <laughs> that's when you strap video. the gopro head or gopro to your head and, and just roll it in so well yeah these are such great questions keep them coming um jots just got such good information and and uh, this is just a great topic one that i saw and we had kind of jumped into the the redfish thing too and we're supposed to be talking about cobia but there's so much you know traction with redfish right now and bull redfish with the, the time of year we've got but it was saying um oh gosh now i lost it well, dude, so why are you looking for that? Yeah, Cliff, for who is a big fan of our show, uh, we're talking about size and how fast they grow and how slow they grow. Uh, so he says he caught a tagged uh, South Carolina redfish in February in Polly's Island. Uh, it had been released in Wenya Bay in Georgetown 13 months prior and had grown from 17.8 inches to 24 inches. Yep. Yeah. And so that, and in, that's, in 13 months. Yeah. yeah and that's so, the big growing area from that. Yeah. That 14 to about 20 some inches is a big growing time. But usually in that mid 20s, they start it to slow. Start really so about that time, that fish is going to start slowing down. They start down. slowing yeah. down. And, wow. and the older they get, it seems like it slows down even more. Okay. Hey, here's uh, here's Ken. He said the biggest drum he caught was with uh, with you on on a charter. It was his, uh, I think it's his birthday for his wife's and his birthday. Yep. Yep. So maybe it's a. How many? It? Does it remember how many inches it was? Yeah, Ken. Let's brag a little bit. How how big was that fish? You can add to it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We'll wait on. You can add three inches to it. That's you right. can add three inches to it. We're we're gonna add three inches anyway. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so anyway, we, I'm sure he'll respond when he hears that. It's probably a little delayed to to get get up with him. So anyway, Justin, go ahead, man. Yeah. So the question was, what conditions are you looking for when fishing for fall cobia and redfish? And you jumped into the redfish thing. Does, yeah. does it change much for the cobia? Are you still looking for that that current or that tide switch? And yeah, I mean tide switch is good it, there's you know to me there's two cobia scenarios there's fishing around the inlets and artificial reefs kind of like the drum uh or there's sight fishing mm-hmm. um, if the water is good and clear and we have a sunny day with with not a lot of cloud cover um that's the day i'm gonna go look at looking for fish yeah now we don't I, I would say this is just a throwing it out there number but i generally say that all the cobia fishing out of my life i keep good numbers is it is we see about 20 percent of the fish that we see Versus about eighty percent of fish in the spring. Gotcha. So I mean, essentially, if I caught, if I had a really slow year and I caught ten cobia, um, uh, that year I probably caught two of them in the fall and eight of them in the spring. Yeah. And yeah, then yeah. times it from there. I mean, it just comes out to be about twenty percent of my numbers are in in the fall. 
but some of the biggest fish I see of the year are in the fall. And I don't know why, but are bigger. Are my, those, yeah. those 70s and 80s. My, my only two fish on my boat over 80 pounds has been an 84 and an 86. And they were both in late September, early October. That's awesome. One was early, late September, one was early October. Um, plenties of six, 40, 50, 60s, up to 70s in the spring. And don't get me wrong, you still catch big cubby in the spring. We hear about the 100 pounders. But it seems like the fish I pick up um, in the fall are big fish. Yeah. It's either little baby juveniles like we're seeing in yeah, shore now, yeah. or it's jumbos in the fall. That's awesome. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna look up and down the beach for for free swimming fish, especially bait schools. Um, they like to be on those bait schools as mm-hmm. well. Uh, floating debris, um, you know, channel markers, anything's gonna hold them up, just like in the spring. Um, and then if the water is stained or cloudy, then I'm gonna set up around the inlets and fish around the inlets, just gotcha. like I do in the spring. Gotcha. Um, is there, is anything changed bait wise? Are you fishing the same baits for the most part when you're, when you're fishing Cobia in Man, the fall? My go-to is a, is a live man. Hey, if, if I can get one, if I can get one. So, you know, this year, especially it's been very tough. Yeah. I've, I've only had men hate on my boat. Man, a few times. One of us <laughs> was a couple of days ago when we had a school that was off the, came by off yeah. the beach. And I mean, first line scene, of course it's gone the next day. It was moving fast. Um, heading north one, or south? Heading Menhaden. north hard. Fact, That's what I saw the other day too. Yeah, and I mean like heading, heading like I couldn't stay on them. They're moving so fast. Like <laughs> what is their deal? You know. Um, but caught a few that that day. Minhead number one. I'd say uh, next would be a, a good cob mullet, and I say a cob mullet is that five to eight inch mullet. Yeah. Not too big, not too small, not not too big and too fast to get away from a, a cobia. Yeah. Um, and not too small, they would ignore it. Um, and then spots and croakers. A bluefish are good. The problem is the bluefish is they tangle up Carolina rigs so bad. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then when they die, Mr. Stingray finds them. <laughs> and then we're on a 20-minute to an hour fight right. with a 50-pound plus stingray. Uh, bluefish just seem to do that. I'll use them, uh, but my go-tos are usually going to be those molar men. Okay. Here, here's a question that, that I think is a good one to answer. So how do you know that you've hooked a bull redfish? Because you, you said you're going to fight a fish, and I agree, for probably no more than 10 minutes. I feel like a lot of people, they go out there and fish on the jetty and, and they don't want to give up on that fish that might be a, a red fish. But how do you, is there any, any distinction to like, all right, I'm hooked up to a stingray or, you know, I'm hooked yeah. up to a, a shark. Like what, is there anything that you know right away? All right, that's a red fish that I've hooked. Um, red fish is going to be a lot of downward pull and a lot of big head shake. Yeah. I mean, the rod's going to shake, like the whole rod's going to shake in your hand when they shake their head. And the bigger the fish, the slower the shake, but you're going to get that head shake. If it's a stingray, there's going to be no head shake. It's just going to be straight line pulling, just pulling line off. No, if you've done it as long as I've done it, I can tell you within four or five minutes or less, it's a ray, it's a drum. Yeah, yeah. Um, cobia, hook a cobia, the, the note of cobia, most most larger cobia, keeper size cobias, will come to the surface when you first hook them. Yeah. You first hook them up, they come to the surface, they don't fight much, they shake their head a little bit, you see them, and that's game on you know yeah. you got a cobia on which is great for cobia because they come to the top and you, know, you got a cobia right ray stay down and pull biggest deal is drum is that big head shake very aggressive big head shake and i mean it's you, if you catch one nice size drum one large drum you will know every time after that when you hook one because that head shake i, I called um earlier this year father's day me and my father went fishing off the beach jigging for flounders and uh, we caught a couple over just over slot reds and I hooked them, and I didn't expect to catch reds five miles off the beach. We do sometimes, especially uh, late summer and uh, late to midsummer. And I hooked it, and I told my dad, I was like, man, I, 
I know this is weird, but I think it's a drum. <laughs> it was a 30 inch drum. Caught five of them. That's you awesome. just vertical <laughs> jigging with for the flounder. But you, oh, wow. you know, you, you you don't you even when you don't expect it because you've done enough, you go, you know that you know that feel. That right. head shake is right. it's a drum head shake. Nothing else does that. Yeah, for sure. And how about versus a shark? I actually had that question and somebody asked it in the comments. Oh, really? So I was like, all yes. right, so, so sharks shark. sharks will be real random in their movement typically. They will change directions very fast and they're gonna pull faster than a drum or a cobia. Uh, they have a tendency to turn and change directions. You'll first hook them and they'll be kind of dead weight. And then all of a sudden they'll just take off one direction real hard. And then all of a sudden you'll be real in slack line like they got off. And then all of a sudden they catch back up. They, they constantly change directions. So uh, so that that's how I know shark too. Yeah. Most of the sharks I'm dealing with are smaller. We call them white dotters or, or their Atlantic sharp nose. Um, we do hook some bigger sharks from time to time. But most of the time, if they're bigger ones using the mono leaders for the drum or for the cobia, when you come back they're with no hook, quick. You, you know you had it 100 it was a shark definitely, a bigger shark definitely it's uh the redfish too they make a pretty good run but they're not making a lo- as long of a run as, as a good that size first shark. run that first run's usually pretty good yeah, yeah and then it's a lot of uh give and take and head shake definitely definitely you got any more good uh good facebook questions up there billy you want me to jump uh, into yeah so here's uh here's a question from uh matt another question from matt williamson he thanks matt for uh submitting so many questions here he says do you ever chum for cobia? Good question. Um, I rarely chum for cobia because we have so many stingrays and and sharks. Stingrays more than sharks is what bothers me. Um, but I, I I just don't do it very much. If I'm out over a reef uh, in the ocean uh, in the summertime doing the general fun fishing day of jigging for flounders, playing with barracudas, I will put a chum bag because it will bring cobias, it will bring jacks, it will bring sharks. If I'm just fun fishing, I have, a, I have some clients in the boat. Just they want they want to get their the line tugged on hard. They just they want to feel something big, pull out line. They just want that fight. I'm gonna put some chum out. But day in and day out, if I'm trying to target cobia, I feel like I spend more time dealing with with rays and sharks, especially rays when I chum for them. Um, yeah. Generally speaking. Yeah, and we posted a picture. I don't know who shared it with us, but somebody posted a, a picture of a cobia not too long ago, and dude, it was like full of rays. <laughs> Oh yeah, my yeah, buddy yeah, said they, that to they, me. They do love rays, and if I could find small stingrays to use for bait, yeah, uh, the uh, that sixty-four pounder um, last spring, not this spring, spring before, I had nine uh, pancake-sized stingrays. Wow, um, and two porcupine fish. Um, talk about heartburn. <laughs> stingrays <laughs> and porcupine fish, and I found one um, one small stinger, one small stingray stinger broken off in the rib cage of that fish. Really? Goodness. I mean, it, grew, it was grown in. And how big was that fish? You said sixty four. It was a good fish. Wow! But it, wow. it had eight little pancake, different stages of decomposition. <laughs> you know, breakdown. Yeah. And then uh, and the two porcupine fishes uh, that were that were just I mean it was, they were just they we started a stingray farm. Up. Yeah, I mean it's 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 crazy. Selling for ten bucks a pop at Intercoastal Angler. Hey, I'll tell you something funny today. That little that little cobia we tagged today uh, coughed up a little flounder. Did it really? Yeah, about about about, about two inches long. Got to start me on. I went, wow, look a flounder. <laughs> <laughs> That's super cool. We I caught one up in the Chesapeake last summer that had eighteen just mantis shrimp. All it had was mantis shrimp. In its stomach. Wow. 18 mantis shrimp, nothing else. That's There's more nothing. heartburn. I mean, they, they're eating rough stuff, man. <laughs> they really are. They're, they're, they, I mean, they're opportunistic feeders. They're, oh, yeah. they're going to eat. and um, it, But, yeah, I, I would say that, that men hating and mullet, that's important. So let's talk, unless Billy's got any more questions he wants to jump into. I saw him smiling over a little bit. So I don't know if he, if he read a good one. Oh, um, no, yeah, all, so many good ones. No, no, I was going to tell Robert Carpenter, he's uh, 
checking he, he said you guys should post on youtube so that brings up a good point we do have a youtube channel it is just called eastern current so you guys can check them out on there uh oh yeah he said he just subscribed so the rest of you guys should do that as well go subscribe just, it does just help pull us up out. another tab don't don't click off this one just pull up another one uh <laughs> it does help us out we do have a podcast we didn't cover any of that so uh do have a podcast that you can listen to as well just go on itunes is our number one performing podcast right now platform so go yeah. in there and just rate us and help us out help us get the word out help us keep bringing on on guys like jot here man that are just a wealth of information someone uh referred to you as the encyclopedia of fishing so that I don't that's know awesome you, i don't know if you're any you. better than that i think he was, they were talking about me oh I'm yeah i'm just no. kidding yeah jot or judd I just, I just, no it was jot it's joy <laughs> it's, it's joy's joy back and june i'm june oh <laughs> uh, and i'm i'm dewey that's dewey. what i call a lot of people for my day job and they're like oh, what's your name dewey i'm like a oh, billy but okay i'll go with dewey billy billy's uh that's a hard one to mess up, man. Yeah, well, that southern, that good old southern accent. So let, let's see if we got any more here. I don't think so, Judson. So if you got cool. some more questions, man, we got a couple, a few minutes, few more minutes here. We got about eight minutes or so left, so we can make the best of it. Once again, I have no idea where are we at in the process. So have fun. <laughs> Billy's over there taking notes, doing all the computers, doing the camera switching, everything. So he's uh, he's 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 pretty busy. I think the other most important thing we need to talk about is, is rigs. And so like, how, how are you rigging up? Like what's your weight scenario? Um, weight scenario. That's not even a real thing. Well, you know, how, what weight am I using? (laughs) Well, I'll start with a cobia. Um, you know, two, okay. I, I'm a live bait guy. Yeah. I will throw a jig to a cobia if I have to, as in I don't have bait on the boat. And there are those days you're gonna it's gonna happen. Yeah. Um I keep a, a wet box container, one of the Plano wet bait containers, full of the gulp on the boat, so I have to open up a pack, um, and then they don't dry out. Um, yeah. also it's it keeps it contained a little better from spillage and smellage. Uh, have you ever spilled the whole container on um, you? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't a customer. A customer did. that was I wanted to cry. <laughs> um luckily it landed in the boat, but then the cleanup was pretty bad yeah <laughs> but so i keep a wet box on there and then i will i'll keep packs of uh, of gulp um like this you know just the packs on the boat um and then i will open those up and drop them into that box as i need them um and, and what i found there's a few baits like the the the, the curly grill the, the berkeley gulp curly grill and five inch that i'm using for um for flounder cobia and and some big drum fishing yeah you know mostly cobia and flounder um and I will have a jig on the boat. I always have a jig ready. Always have a jig in my console in case that in case that cobia shows up. If I'm targeting cobia, if I'm going on a cobia trip, I'm gonna have live bait on the boat. Okay. Like if it's a cobia trip. But as we know, cobia they show up randomly. All the flounder fishing I do in the ocean, um, they swim the boat all the time from 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 16 inches long to 60 pounds. So having a jig ready is always good to go. If I'm flounder fishing, the jig's already tied on. Ounce, ounce and a half, uh, two ounce bucktail. Um, I, this is one of my favorites right here. The uh, the uh, fusion bucktail. Sorry. Um, oh, you're good. So uh, I, I really like that one. It's got a good keeper in it. You notice it's got a it's got a jigging eye and it's got a front eye. This is the eye on the top that I use for jigging for like flounders. And then I like use a front eye for the cobias so when you pull it through the water, it doesn't sink as quickly. Yeah. Um, because all those fish are on the surface, and I will always, always, always put some kind of trailer on there. For, for me, it's going to be a five or six inch uh, 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 Berkeley gold grub. Um, that's what I will cast them if I see sight fishing for them. If not, um, I will use a six to eight foot of 80 pound mono. If you want to use fluoro, you can. The reason I don't use fluoro is because 80 pound fluoro, the amount that I use, 
um, I would go broke. Uh, <laughs> even 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 with partners in the industry, I go through a lot of eighty pound mono with drum rigs and cobia rigs and stuff like that. Um, so I use I use mono for that. They don't seem to care. And I just tie a, a trocar, the same hook, trocar TK five AP circle hook, straight circle hook um, on there, and go through the nose of a mid Hayden or through the lip of a mullet or through the nose of a spot, um, even a pinfish if it's whatever I have. And when I see the fish, toss it to them. Uh, that's my, my my how I prefer to do it. I get more I get more takes that way. I get less less looks and more takes, uh, especially with cobia that, that that can be the easiest fish in the world to catch, or sometimes the hardest fish in the yeah, world to catch. I would agree. Live bait seems to really help me cut on that. Will they hit jigs? Absolutely. I always have them on the boat. You got to have them. You can't. I've caught plenty of fish on jigs, but I'm a live bait guy. Um, so then uh, bottom fishing around reefs or um, the inlets. Uh, my rig's going to be a big Carolina rig, and I'm if I'm cobia fishing, I'm going to be using a three to four foot long leader, 80 pound mono, uh, that nine alt trocar circle hook, um, 50 to 100 pound swivel. I go a little big on the swivels, uh, just so I don't worry about, you know, as far as any slip goes or anything like that, you don't worry about anything failing. And then a two to four ounce egg sinker as my sinker. I'm fishing current, so I'm going to fish behind the boat. So I'm not worried about a, a, a bank sinker or a pyramid and it to, for it to drag. I'm gonna fish behind the boat in the current. So wherever the sinker is, it's not gonna. If it rolls around, it's fine. It's gonna be right. in the current. Um, You're not trying to get it to hold out beside the boat. No, 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 no. If I want to fish over there, I'm gonna go anchor over there. Yeah. I'm gonna fish behind the boat. One short, one long, typically. And I will have a free line bait out sometimes, just a light line. Oh, that same casting rig with the, the shot of mono and the circle hook. But boat traffic. If boat traffic's real bad around me, then I'm not going to have that. I want to have that ready in the live well with the live bait. So if fish ones up to the boat, I can pitch to them. Um, and that's my general setup. Two to four ounces egg sinker. Um, and how much to use? As much as you need, but as least you can get away with. My go-to is about three ounces. Yeah. Um, three and four ounces mostly. But if you don't need more than that, when you go lighter with, with fishing equipment, you get more bites. And a lot of people say, well, if you go lighter, you're going to lose fish. The problem is that is you have to get a bite first. And I would rather take a chance at getting a bite mm. and then take the chance of losing that fish and not getting the bite at all. So going a little lighter definitely helps. Um, they don't seem to be leader shy, but it does, it, you know, I, I would say always go with a clear mono, don't go with a high viz uh, for sure. Drum fishing, same rig, just shorter leader, 12 yeah. to 14 inches. Um, and, and with drum fishing, I want that bait to stay still, uh, live or, um, or cut bait. And I will typically almost always use a four ounce egg sinker. Uh, when I'm big drum, bull drum fishing, for sure. Yeah. And, and speaking of uh, gold bait, somebody on here says, hey, when do those new colors come out? New colors they they are make? out. They are shipping now. I actually brought a couple of colors that um, I use for flounder, but I think are going to be great for a cobia casting. Uh, there is uh, curried chicken. I like that. Yeah, it's it's making me a little hungry, yeah, too. Yeah. <laughs> curried I chicken. I caught some flounder on those today. Today was the first day I got these out. If you guys want to see Judson eat one of these live on camera, just hit the share button. <laughs> <laughs> and there is the new bright pink. We've had oh, a pink shine yeah. gold. This is the new bright pink. It's gonna be great for flounder and for cobia casting, you know, as a trailer bait. And then, uh, and then this one, man, I've been excited since January when we started talking about this color. And that's the good old salmon red or oh, okay. salmon red. How you said? I've got, salmon. Uh, yeah, salmon, salmon. You know, salmonoid. But, yeah, salmon. But, but that that color, I caught flounder on that today. It's just. The Northeast guys, the Florida guys, the Mid-Atlantic guys are getting excited about that color is doing great. It's aggressive. I like it. It is aggressive, and I mean it's um, it's it's bright. And for the cobia, if you're throwing a jig, uh, everybody says they got their colors. I say go bright. Yeah. You know, I'm typically going to use you know a chartreuse and white jig like that, or an all white, and then I'm going to put something totally different on the back of it. 
Um, they don't care. They're, they're eating stingrays and porcupine fish, y'all. Come yeah. on. Right. They're, yeah. not, they're not picky. I want them to see it, you know? Exactly. Yeah. If you're in an area, you know, like the Outer Banks or the Chesapeake, where you might be getting 20 shots in a day, maybe you can get picky with color, but I want them to see my crappy cast with that one with the jig, you know, if, if I get one shot or two shots or three shots in a day. And, and make I, sure you cast in front of them. Don't, don't, don't hit them in the head. Right. That does not. Rep, that does not turn into a, a hooked fish. No, it <laughs> yeah. doesn't. It does not. Um, so, do you use a trailer for flounder? Also, Matt Matt Beck is asking on here. Y- yes, I use actually this same two ounce jig. Now, two ounces for me is getting a little heavier for heavy for flounder. Um, I like an ounce, ounce and a half for most ocean fishing flounder fishing. But for for I use the same curly grubs, uh, Berkeley gulp grubs for the flounder as I do for the uh, for the cobia. The one thing I can tell you is I do use a lot of uh, jerk shads, five and six inch jerk shads for flounder fishing, and I I will not use that for cobia fishing. Okay. I want that tail. I want that action. They love action. They 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 like something that's trying to get away from them. They want something swimming, and and it's hard to make a a jerk shad look natural swimming it through on the on the surface where with the the the, the, the gulp grub uh, anything with a big curly tail's got that big action when you're when you're you're reeling it through the water and it definitely helps yeah definitely definitely helps so so yeah definitely going with the uh some type of curly tail grub uh when i'm casting to a cobia wow man such good information i'm gonna think back and watch this and take a lot more notes most most definitely or should <laughs> so, i say so definitely like last time <laughs> it's a fishing show man it's a, it's a good fishing fun yeah yeah good fishing fun that's definitely a good joke you got there <laughs> i said it on porpoise you did oh on. oh man um well cool well john is there any we're, we're going to kind of start to close things out a little bit again if y'all have any questions please shoot them over we'll ask these last minute questions yeah, but absolutely is is there any you know anything you want to really really hit as far as if someone's getting out there this fall this late summer this might be their first time trying to go maybe hopefully set up and catch a bull redfish or a cobia I, what, what's your biggest you know maybe tip for them i say biggest tip is is, is don't go out there with with too light a tackle um for two reasons uh your heart broken and and possibly hurting a fish mm. um fighting them too long or breaking them off with tackle i see this a lot that's yeah. uh, so I, I'm, a, I'm on the water 200 plus days a year and this is something that you see people show up with, with you know, 3,000 and 4,000 size spinning reels um, or smaller, and they're, they're fishing on me for, you know, for, for, for these big reds. Um, I'm using 5,500s and 6,500 spinning reels. I use a Slammer 3. It's got a large drag, 50-pound uh, braid, and then the, the Fathom level lines. Um, big, go bigger tackle. Don't be afraid. I would rather you go out there with one rod, the right size tackle, than four or five too, too small. Right. Um, you're going to get the bites if they're there. It doesn't take three rods. It, it takes one rod, and it really does because when they're there, they're biting, they're there. Um, and then the other thing is a fresh bait. Yeah. And people people overlook that all the time, and, and, and I can't tell you, uh, stress, that fresh bait really does catch more and bigger fish. Uh, and then also use a circle hook. Um, I promise you, if you use a J-hook, 90% of the fish – will be in their throat, in their crusher, uh, when it comes mm. to drum. Uh, I've seen it. Um, I used to do it um, before so I knew what a circle hook was. I used a good old bottom fish in 084 J hook. And, and I didn't try to take the hook out, but I, I cut 20, 30 hooks out of fish's throats a day sometimes. Um, and it's just circle hooks work. Um, and also a lot less chance of losing that fish by using a circle hook. Um, because you do, uh, you know, the fish is in the side of the mouth, and so you do get some slack line, and the hook doesn't fall out. So it's it's good for the fish, and it's good for you uh, landing a fish. Yeah, I like it. I yeah. like it. So here's a question from James uh, Crawford. It says, do you think redfish will ever reach game fish status in North Carolina? 
Mm, that's a good question. Um, the answer, I think, is yes. The big question is when. And I don't have an answer for that. Uh, I think eventually they will. It's, it's, it's a very special fishery. Um, and we have – I've talked to many, many captains of the Gulf Coast, Florida – um, who fish pro redfish tournaments and we used to have a lot more pro redfish tournaments in the area you know traveling tournaments we don't have many anymore um, they left for many many reasons um, but they have seen the fishery here and we have a fishery that could rival literally could rival other states and i've heard of them quote even louisiana and florida if the fishery is managed correctly um, we have the basis we have the estuary uh, they just gotta be protected so no I, I i think one day they will be the question is when yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Uh, so we got a couple more questions here, and then we'll we'll wrap this thing up. And um, so so f- yeah, I'll, I'll ask that question last. So sorry, I'm like processing as I read here. So <laughs> so Andrew wants to know uh, when do you start seeing the big schools of reds running the surf in the fall, in the winter, Riceville Beach area, and then actually Matt ask a question about basically the same thing in the Cobia, like. When do they start running? How long can we expect them to be here, stay here? So I usually the cobias usually start sometime in early to mid September, um, and I'm not really looking for a water temperature. I'm looking for I see a fish or I hear, hey, we thought somebody saw a cobia running the beach, and you just start in gassing in the whole beach and trying to find. Then, then, then they're there. They're there. Yeah, I mean, literally, it's just listen to fishing reports. I mean, hey, social media, it can be really good, it can be really bad. Yeah, <laughs> but it, you know, so. You know, keep your eyes peeled. People start talking about them. They're here. So I just start I start listening and looking more, keep my eyes peeled more mid-September for the cobia. And that'll usually last mid to late October. Um, I have caught them in early November some years. I actually had a trip uh, three years ago, had a citation trout and a citation cobia the same day. And that's something that's I can't awesome say day. happens very often. No. But it was right at the beginning of the season with a nicer co- the nicer um, trout were showing up in that, yeah. you know, in that, in that mid-October. Uh, and uh, one of my regular customers, he called early that morning. He called a, a, a six, just just under six pound trout on topwater. And then oh, uh, that afternoon, uh, fifty nine pound cobia. So that I was incredible. like, that was I was like, this is I don't think it's ever happened again. It's so rare. So typically they'll they'll get out of here by late October. Milder years, I have seen them in November, but it's usually accidental because by November I'm doing a lot of trout fishing. Uh, and then far as the drum go. I will start seeing the drum work in later August, uh, the bigger drum. But when they really get here for me is is the last last week or two of September. It peaks in October and will last to mid November. There wow. again, okay. if it gets cold quick, it'll it'll end quicker. If it stays mild, I'll catch them right on through November. Um, but as soon as that water typically starts flirting with the mid to lower sixties, those big drum head offshore. Yeah. Okay, man, what a wealth of information. Uh, Super appreciate you being on the show. Absolutely. Wish Thanks I had a little more me. time to interact with you as I was technical guy tonight. Just hey, trying to hey run you, it y'all down, got, you got us all on camera. So <laughs> yeah, man. It's incredible. I wish y'all could see what Billy was I didn't, doing. I didn't he have was any audio it. complaints. So that was like the only, I'm like, as long as we have audio, we're, we're solid. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, man, appreciate you so much for coming on. And a couple of people in the chat were like, man, I got to fish with this guy. So how do we do that? How do we get in touch with you? What's the best um, way to, for them to? Best thing is, uh, is you can hit me up on social media. Uh, Captain Jot Owens, Jot it Down Fishing Charters. You, you know, that's it. I have my personal page and my commercial page. And Instagram is uh, is Captain underscore Jot uh, underscore Owens on uh, on Instagram. Uh, or website is the whole word Captain, J-O-T dot com. Okay. Awesome, man. We'll do. We appreciate you once again for being on the show. Um, and I mean, all the technical difficulties, somebody has already requested we have you back on the show to talk about trout fishing later in the year. So 
think we might. Oh, I love trout fishing. I think we'll have to do. I think we're going to try to do a little three part trout fishing series coming up not too far away. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's yeah. I'm. I really, I fished, I can't, I wish I could say I fished all over the world. I fished all over America, and I really like that North Carolina is broken up really seasonally. Um, as a guide, it does get monotonous some days, but it is nice when is one season turns the next, and you got the drum, the bull drum coming, and yeah. you got the, right after that, the trout start to bite and mix in. And I've never even really thought about that, how, how lucky we are to have we, that. We are, I mean, yeah. we really are. I mean, if I was a, 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 a bass guy on a lake, I would, I would go crazy. Yeah. I, oh, yeah. look, another largemouth. Great. I mean, <laughs> sorry. I like, I like What a surprise. Fish. Yeah, I like to bass fish, but I'll do that in the middle of wintertime. Right. Yeah. Right. Oh, maybe we'll switch to guard today. How about that? Let's go get a Oh, a pickerel. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, man. Awesome. Well, Judson, uh, I'll take it back to our camera. Oh, my goodness. There he is again. Let me see. I'll figure this thing out. Well, guys, like Billy was saying, sharing before the show is huge, but also just sharing this afterwards on your page, if you haven't already, for other people to click on and check it out is huge. Um, We want to be able to keep bringing y'all some shows and some really good information and content so y'all can learn and uh, and get out in the water and catch more fish, as well as connect with great captains like John and get out in the water with him and fish and and, and hopefully catch more fish. And it's, it's all about learning and building community. Um, and that's why we're doing this. So please share, uh, please. please check out our podcast, go to our, our online, our online website. Our online you, can go, website. you can go to our Women website and that's one. etcurrent.com. You can grab some shirts that helps. We've got hats, shirts, all kinds of stuff shirts, over there. Hats, hoodies for the fall coming up. Hoodies. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I, the first cool day I put a hoodie on in the morning. I was so ready for it. And I was ripping that thing off in like an hour. I, I, I couldn't believe it. I, I actually I grabbed mine the other morning and I was glad I did. It didn't stay on long. It, for that first run out, I was like, it was nice. I was like, wow, this is July. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> August is still to come, guys. Don't get used to the cool oh, yeah. weather. <laughs> August. August. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, man. Well, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, once again, I'm Billy Thorpe. This is Justin Brock. We're your host over here at Eastern Current. Reach out to us. You can see our tags there, uh, Thorpe Creative. Uh, we print T-shirts, hats, hoodies, all that. Judson, if you want to get out on the water. Uh, it sounds like uh, Captain Jot's schedule is going to be booked up. So <laughs> <laughs> Judson is is there to take up uh, any of the slack there. Um, that I'm just messing with you guys. I probably shouldn't make jokes like that since I'm no, not a captain. Good. I probably don't know what I just said. <laughs> if you want to go catch the bull redfish and the cobia around here, Jot is your guy. And if you want to go walk the beach and throw in... <laughs> I'm your guy, like, and it's free. Just come hang out with me. He just needs some friends, you guys. I just need friends. I've been in front of a computer. I was joking around with Judson earlier today. I'm like, dude, everybody's so tan in this room except for me, and it's not a light. I'm just pale. We're gonna, gonna, you we're change gonna, that light to, to, to a tanning light. To a tan. <laughs> you'd, be, you'd be burning up no time. <laughs> I know, man. So awesome, Travis Overman. See you guys. See you down there, man. Appreciate you tuning in. He has some good information as well uh, on the show that he he came on a couple weeks ago with us. So anyway, guys, go to our podcast, go to our Facebook, our YouTube, all that stuff. Like, share. Thank you so much for watching. Uh, and let us know what topics you want to hear about in the coming weeks, coming months, as we are pre-planning several shows in advance. we got a trout series coming up. We're going to do a kayak rigging show as well. Um, now that I've had all these technical difficulties, that's one, that one's going to be a really fun one to figure out. How yeah, that to one's going to be super techie. So, that's <laughs> going to be super techie. But anyway, guys, really appreciate you. Once again, uh, go like, share, do all that. It helps us, helps us continue to bring on awesome captains and awesome fishermen to the show and anglers to teach you. And if you like this episode, uh, 
go to iTunes tomorrow. It'll be up on iTunes and rate that on iTunes. It'll really help us out. Definitely. And just tell your friends. Word of mouth. You can use your voice. Use your voice. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and next week, we're going to be here with, uh, with Richard Andrews. And do we know what subject we're going to be talking about? Well, when we first talked to him, we were going to be talking about the striper fishing, but I think we might talk about the, the bull red fishing up there in oh, the Pamlico. Yeah, yeah that would so, be awesome. Yeah, much different than ours. Much, much different. different so it'll be a whole new much topic. Di- Richard yeah. is a great guy. He's a very great guy. He is. Fishy yeah. guy and a very nice, very yeah. nice human. Absolutely. <laughs> well, I look forward to it. So we'll see you guys next Tuesday, 8 p.m., same time, and we'll be talking with Richard Andrews about bull fishing. Red drum, big red drum, big grandpa drum. <laughs> bull fishing. Bull. Whatever, dude. I'm going <laughs> to. I'm leaving now. Later. <laughs> <See you guys. laughs>